This is Amalia Eon Karras. This is Satya. And you're listening to, to Love, Love, Sex, and, and the, the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. We've talked about alcohol use many times in our some of our other <laughs> episodes, and today I'm so happy to have Valentine back. We were talking off of the podcast and some interesting stuff came up that Valentine is willing to share today and talk about. I'm still fascinated with this subject because I myself have struggled and I know a lot of people are struggling with this now and I'm trying to understand it on a deeper and deeper level. So let's talk more about alcohol and spirits and I want to have a deeper understanding and I want everyone in this world to have a deeper understanding about the spirit of alcohol and why so many people feel like, wait, you know, why can't I just have that one drink or why can I have one drink sometimes? And then other times I'm literally just pounding and I'm disappearing. And, you know, why do I want to stop? And I feel great when I stop and then, and then I, I'm fine. And then one night I just can't stop. And what, so this is, um, there's a lot to it. There's, there's a lot to it. And it's, it's, it's not a disease. It's a, it's a spiritual battle. I don't want, I don't even know what else to say, you know, and, and until people raise their awareness around this, no wonder we can't solve our alcoholism. No wonder rehabs cannot fix it. The only thing actually that's ever been proven and all of the studies show is some form of like spiritual awakening. Valentine, I want to hear your, your story and that'll make it clear what we're getting at here. <laughs> I need to understand your, this, your path that you went through and, and your story on a much deeper level. So, <laughs> well, I would say I'm, I'm still on it. I mean, I went, I, re I returned to being fully sober in October after doing a plant dieta, working with a plant medicine. And it, you know, when you're on the medicine path, uh, it's, it's not unusual for, uh, you know, certain plants, if you want to work with them, that they, they request things of you. And so the, the request from the plant that I'm currently working with was to go sober. So I am. To back up uh, a step, when I moved to be with my current partner, my husband, I realized that, you know, <laughs> one, I was starting this incredible new life with him, and that was really beautiful. But simultaneously, I started to become aware that I was drinking on a level that, because I've had relationships with people who were addicts, um, I got the, the hint in my head that my habits looked similar to people I knew with addiction. And of course, that unto itself can be really challenging because 
for me, I remember thinking that would never be me. I would never be an addict because I had gone, you know, I had already gone through that with people. Of course, it was hard. It was drugs, like hard drugs, which I would call alcohol a hard drug now. I would. So, you know, that began my, you know, I watched my habits. I watched my drinking and that in the sense, as I've already spoken of, I think, began my journey because I knew that the the alcohol was a symptom. I didn't feel that I was diseased. And so that's why I never chose the path of AA because I didn't feel that I was a alcoholic. I felt that I was in pain and a trauma wound was being presented and I was trying to manage it by drinking, right? So it was an addiction symptom, I like to call it, because I just didn't want to say that this is who I am for the rest of my life. And wait, hold on one second, Valentine. So that's interesting to me. So did were you aware that you were drinking because of a trauma? I was it conscious at that time or that came later? I mean, it was it was this was years, right? So it the root of the wound healed when I started working with you. That was what was spoken of in the last, you know, episode or sessions. But it took me all those years. It took me eight years. I mean, what was that seven years ago or something? It took me seven years of being on my healing journey to try to get to the root. And that included hypnotism, every I mean, if you looked at my bookshelf, it's like a million methods, sound healing, you know, just ayahuasca, plant medicine. I mean, just everything, right? Like I was trying to throw the- So you you were just trying to figure out what was wrong with you or why you were doing this, or you knew that there was something that you you knew what the trauma was. You didn't know, I didn't know what the trauma was. Yeah, that's what I want to be clear about. I didn't know what the trauma was. You just knew you had the behavior. I knew- of something that had a secretive root in your yes. unconscious mind. I, okay. I yeah. sensed it. I felt I felt a stubbornness in my being that I wasn't just going to say, I'm an alcoholic, I'm diseased. I just, that just never would land with me. And because the other thing too, in my past, if I looked at my patterns, I saw that those patterns played out in different ways at different times, but the most acute one at the in the current juncture was was the alcohol the alcoholism or the the relationship with alcohol well to me that makes sense because you're a shamanic healer and practitioner and like in shamanism there's only three causes of illness right and and so when you look at it from like okay this is soul loss or this is a possession or that like there's a different route so you know that this the it's height to get to the root, you just have to find it in the spiritual realms. But I didn't know that, Eon, when I started. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why my dream, my addiction and my healing was also part of my training, because I actually mm-hmm. didn't know that. And that was part of me learning all of these modalities and practicing them that led me to realizing that there was probably an emotional root. And then how am I going? And then that people had healed themselves And then how the hell was I going to do it? Because I didn't, AA wasn't an option, right? So it was like, it was an education into also becoming the thing. So, so, um, and then also, you know, it, it, there, there's a lot to it because 
this is what's, and this is where I think it's challenging in our culture because I did feel that part of my path was to work in the wine industry. But when I worked in the wine industry, it was like I experienced it as, a, as art and the people that drank, in truth, I didn't feel like they were possessed. I didn't feel that they had these problems. They were thriving, they were flourishing, they were happy and they had a really full and beautiful life. So there, there's that, right? Which is very confusing. Um, and then there was me knowing the whole time, I know I, I know I got a problem and I didn't want to admit to admit it, you know? So cut to 2020, I basically um, realized that, you know, I was going to have to sort of reroute. I was, the things I was going towards weren't happening. <clears throat> and I just kind of surrendered into what I was starting to create for myself and basically got myself to a manageable place with my drinking. Simultaneously, I was doing kundalini yoga and one of my kriyas was to heal addiction. So I was committed to that. I had been doing it for like four months straight. And, and I had, you know, I had like a one glass and a half wine habit, you know, and that was good considering where I had come from, which would, in truth, it's even still hard to say to this day, it was like a half a bottle, sometimes a bottle every night. So uh, I thought this is chill, you know, and then, and then I think I mentioned that this voice came to me and it was just before doing your, your school, Eon, which said, are you ready to commit to your sobriety? And it was a voice that woke me in the morning and I thought, no, because <laughs> you know, I had gotten to this manageable state. But within the manageable state was this one day, a month where I would literally be doing the most mundane things. And this happened actually the day before I signed up for your school. This is a perfect example. Everything's chill. I'm, you know, cleaning the house. It was an evening. I was labeling jars in my kitchen and I just started doing shots. And it was just I just started doing shots. I had no idea why. I wasn't even wanting to drink. Um, I'm wasted. I think I even got sick that night, which always sucks to have to admit. And then because I had committed to our call, I, you know, I, I was like, I know I am barely functioning right now, but I'm going to get on the call. <laughs> and then um, and what was interesting, too, was it was a week before I had decided that I would go sober. That was the other interesting thing. I was going to go sober on the solstice. So it was the summer solstice. I was going to go sober. Um, I was already planning on it. And then I had the call with you and had that weird thing happen. Couldn't understand it the night before. Get on the call. And then it was like, if I'm going to work with you, I had to go sober. So I committed that day, you know, and of course, just to kind of give some frame of reference for people, even that day that I committed to you after I got off the call, I thought, well, I still have some time before I slide the freaking credit card. I mean, this is how it works. 
you know, and I thought, no, like I gave my word, right? So I, 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 I did it. And then in Eon's school, you get a clearing from Chicago, one of the healers you work with. And, and because I can be a very dutiful person, I immediately started your program, which was the activations. And one of the things is you have to, you know, track yourself. So as soon as I started the activations, which was probably like the next day, I started to track. And what started to come up was all these voices. And so to kind of jump back again in the timeline, during the seven years, um, I've never been suicidal, but there would be these moments and they would be moments of actually celebration or, you know, big, really big, beautiful moments in my life or somebody else's where I would drink and then this would happen. I would over drink, you know, couldn't stop. And then a voice would come in and say, you should just kill yourself. And, you know, it's, it's devastating. I, of course, I didn't ever act on it, but it would just, it would just be like, I would, I would get wasted. And then this voice would come in and I never knew where it came from. And then cut to, you know, this, this day I'm talking about where I'm so already doing the activations from your school and tracking myself. And in a couple of days, I'm about to get this Chicago clearing to start your whole program. Well, <laughs> the voices that were coming in were gnarly. I mean, they were, they were more than just, you should, you should just kill yourself. They were, I can't even remember them now, but they were, they were very specific. Right. And so I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, like I only just started her school. What the hell is going on, you know? So anyways, I get the clearing from Chicago. She says, it's gonna be, this is a big one, you know? And, and it was true, the next day I could barely function. I mean, I literally could not, I could barely talk. And we get on the call to talk about, you know, what had happened and she, starts to speak these these lines of the entities that she clears and they're like the ddds or something and i kid you not the things she says i had just written written down so i'm like oh well clearly <laughs> those entities are real and in in my belief because i kind of came from you know, like whatever you want to call it, the new age or something where it's like, everything is serving you. Everything is supporting you. There's only this light, you know, and then here's those DDDs that some kind of demonic, whatever attachments, I don't know what, how she describes them. And that, that was never part of my paradigm. I couldn't understand it. And so to realize that these things had attached um, and then there was a, they, these are what they say. I thought, okay. And it was a, it was a shift in my whole life actually, because it made me realize that these things are real. I obviously had them. They just were removed because I could feel it. And that those voices too. And some of them did include this voice that's, you know, you should just kill yourself. Uh, so the second part, go ahead. Yeah, well, I just wanted to share what the DDD is because um, Chicago has discovered them as um, parasitic attachments. So yeah. 
Um, they stand for dread, doom, and disaster. That's, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. And um, they trigger those three emotions and, and they're implants. Uh, parasitic beings that uh, attach to your physical body, they often lie dormant. And so they're kind of quiet and you don't really detect that they're there until something happens and then they get activated. So it's like a trigger happens, they get activated and they start assaulting the person that they're attached to with these thoughts. And so it's like yeah. a despair, despair, destruction, disappointment. You feel derailed. It's all the D words, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and they were, that's what was happening. So I had the the, the, the voice I had heard for the last, whatever, seven, eight years, then I had the DDDs because they knew they were about to get a clearing, right? The other part too was in Chicago's report, <coughs> excuse me, um, <clears throat> there was some dates of when these things had entered, you know, certain entities had entered. And obviously I can't go into the whole details, but the date was very familiar to me. And it, it, was, it was, I had to go back some years <clears throat> and it was a significant day where, you know, a, a, a teacher of mine and I had to part ways and it was devastating talking about the D's. It was devastating. And, uh, I remember the, the experience felt, I remember, I mean, now I can, I know what these more of what these kind of attacks feel like, but at the time I remember I had, you know, just had a little puff of tobacco with some cannabis in it. And I was slammed and I couldn't understand it. And I didn't know what happened. And I was just, I was a mess. And that was the date on my report that these two entities had uh, entered, you know, entered. Uh, so those were two for me because it wasn't part of my belief system. I didn't know anything about this and I didn't uh, know other people experiencing it. It was proof. And so one of the things uh, to just, I, there's, there's more I could keep going, but just to kind of complete this, this story is um, once I had that clearing and once I had that healing, um, you know, last year uh, when I left, when I was, you know, completed your program, Ian, um, I did have some beverages over the year and I've never had that voice come in. Um, I also never wanted, I mean, I could barely, I don't really enjoy I've, I've never gotten drunk since. I don't enjoy it. Um, I liked, you know, I, I coming from the wine industry, I have a palate and I do love wine. So I would enjoy having a glass of wine and then that would be enough for me. So it was, it was that, this is also such a testament to me. It proved to me that I wasn't diseased with alcohol because I, I never thought about it, you know? And the other thing just for, on behalf of other people, what I've realized now about those, those they, the, the parasite and the spirit, or it, it can be demonic too. And that's another story because um, it has a voice and that voice, I can recognize it in when other people have it, you know, and it ha that's something I experienced with a friend who's now passed on. Um, but what happened, what I understand now is that they don't want to lose their host, just like 
the, the sugar, you know, bacteria doesn't want to lose, it makes you crave sugar to feed it. The hope when you, when you're open and they, these, these spirits know that they can now, you know, imbibe through you, they would crash me down to spiral me out back into my guilt, back into my shame, back into my self-loathing or, you know, whatever variation of it that would show up. And then I would be, and then the feeling would be like, well, whatever. I mean, I just, this is who I am, I guess. And then you just start the pattern. And so it would literally, I would get well, it would activate the pattern by slamming me. And then all those old emotions that created that pattern that I was trying to escape from would come back and then they have a host again. And can you speak a little bit about how you got to the, the root? So one was the parasitic at attachment and you also did some root clear, like you realized something had happened to you, right? Which we talked about in the previous episodes. That was right. in combination with this or do you think they were set separate things like it was really just the removal of the entities or was it also the recovering of this hidden memory of abuse i think that the well for one i think realizing that there was spirit spirits that came through well hmm i don't you know it's interesting that you're asking because i'm wondering if I sort of put it, I, you know, I think that I really affiliated, oh, you know, actually this is where it landed. Okay, here we go. So I, I actually didn't put this whole spirits and alcohol thing together until I listened to a book and it was a, it was an, a medicine person's apprenticeship book. This is where it really all came home for me. So I knew that the root happened, right? And that, that healed and then that clearing so I was like oh entities happened clearing you know all those things are done now um but I don't know I can't I'm not really sure if I remembered last year if I was putting it together but when I listened to this book she said she was like a Native American woman she said she was telling her apprentice when you start drinking, you go dance in the realm of spirits. You literally go unconscious and you dance with the spirits. And But those spirits are dead, right? Or they've passed on and they haven't, they haven't crossed over into this other dimension. So they're going to just keep pulling you into that realm and into that dimension. And in time, they will, I don't really know how she put it, but in time, it's, they, really what they want to do is I don't know if it's like take your soul but but you know how the word al alcohol actually means like soul it means soul eater or something that it has this kind of connotation of a a, a a portal that eats at your soul there's a definition I can't remember it right now so like the etymology of the name yeah the I, actual I don't know word a, yeah. a l k Hall means yes I've read that yeah. yeah and so essentially she said there you know every time you drink you're going to go into that world and it feels so fun but they're not your friends they're trying to part you know they're they're using you to to experience have this 
experience to feed their addictions that they never resolved, hence why they're in this dimension. And so they're, they're not your friends, they're literally consuming you, and you think you're just having fun. And so in this apprenticeship book, that was, I think that was when I really, I was like, oh my God, that's what's happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. And it, and it scared me. And then, because there's more, uh, when I did this dieta, you know, and the woman that's the shaman, because um, it's an, you work with ayahuasca and, and it's not a plant, it's a tree spirit actually that I, I am working with, but she broke it down too. And she'll occasionally have a beverage, but she said the fastest way to get possessed, she just laid it on the line. She's like, the fastest way to get possessed is, is to drink. And that really hit me too, you know, because here's somebody who she'll occasionally have a beverage, you know, she's like, I want to be normal sometimes. But she said, I can't, you know, if I have too much, I have to do all this clearing on myself. And she said, it's, you know, I mean, essentially, just to kind of add in another piece, she said, ketamine, I mean, people work with it. And if you work with it in a certain way, but you know, ketamine addiction and alcohol addiction are the two fastest ways to get possessed. So, you know, you kind of can't unhear that, you know? And then of course, I'm sure with with you, Eon, and myself, you know, I'm doing sessions. Spirit, their message to people is, is, you know, it's you need to let this go if you want this next thing to come in. They don't want to let it go. They don't know why. And, and then, you know, um, and then this other piece too, is that it's, it's like, you have something else controlling you. It's not even that you may be addicted to the substance or maybe you're not even, you know, medicating the trauma. You literally have something else running the show. And that spirit, when it, when it speaks, like when I had this friend of mine who, you know, ended up taking his own life, um, I was saying to him, you know, you might want to cut back on your drinking because I feel like it's not, it's not, it's not serving you, but I really would, was feeling that it was dangerous. And then he sent a text to me and I, it was so dim, it literally felt demonic. Speaking of the demon, it felt demonic. And I use that word lightly, actually. Um, I couldn't read it. I glanced at it and it was so loaded. And the next day he took his life. Yeah. I'm first, I'm really grateful that you're talking about all of this. You're validating something. It's so nice to hear it from someone else because since I was a child, you know, I grew up with an alcoholic sister. And since I'm like, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And, and, she drank in secret. It, you know, she was just a few years older to me. So she was a child herself. Um, she would steal my father's red wine in the fridge. Um, he always had a, one glass of red wine at dinner and she was drinking it. So I had no idea what alcohol was. I never saw a drunk person in my life. I didn't know what was happening, you know, but all I knew is that she would get possessed by demons. She, her voice would change. Her yep. eyes would change. I would always see the entity in her. I always knew it wasn't her. And I was always searching for her. And I feel, you know, she was who taught me depossession. Like it was through her Mm -hmm. and all those, because it was hundreds of times. And every time she 
the demon was in her, she tried to kill me up until I was 30 years old. So that's a lot of years of me dealing with demonic possession from alcohol. And I did see it in a few others over time. And it's specifically women tend to get. So I'm just grateful you said that. I did look up what you were talking about. I never heard this um, etymology of the word. So I found it's Arabic and mm. it's al-kul and it means body eating spirit. Yeah. Or, and it's like for the term ghoul, you know, super fascinating. There's, yeah. one thing, there's one thing I want to add to for those listening who might be struggling with this. And this is something as I've worked with people as well, there's, you know, there's these, it's like something really amazing will happen for somebody, right? And of course it looks different for different situations, but people specifically with alcohol or, you know, a relationship with alcohol that was harmful, there, there would be this pattern of, man, you're doing so good. What just happened? And then, and then it's like, is, well, there's these, you know, the, these voices. Well, well, what are the voices? You know, sometimes it's practical, right? It's the voice of a parent or a relative or something that was abusive and you kind of keep that voice in your head and da, 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 da. But the other thing that was, this was being brought to my attention uh, was that, oh, that those voices are, they're disguised as your voice in your head. This is where it's like literally exorcism. You know, it's, it's so dramatic. And the thing is, too, is I never wanted to be this person talking about this stuff. I never, I just never was into it. I never believed it. So, and we but, were taught that it didn't exist. We are taught, taught that everything exist. is light, everything is love, that yeah. evil doesn't exist in a lot of ways, right? Like we don't want to believe it. No. And that helps us, that helps it hide. Exactly. Basically. And so, so not only may people, myself included, have the voice of a, a parent that's driving them, the saboteur or whatever word you want to use, there is spirit possession people have had with them for their, ever since they began drinking, especially if they've been traumatized. This is probably a link you, you know, you've seen, Eon, which is if you've had a sexual or some kind of abuse, you automatically are open and then, and you too, Sadi, I, you know, I know you worked with, um, were as a therapist for years, um, you, you're opened. And then if you add any alcohol, it's like that spirit was with you your whole time. Then your whole life, you're in an abusive relationship in your head with this spirit who you, until you are free of it, you also, the thing that is so crazy to me is, and I'm watching this and I feel like I'm in a, I'm actually in this training around these spirits is that that you don't want to let go of your abuser because it's also been with you and i just no, that's ooh. that's it Valentine's that's so oh. insane that was my realization i was because I, I had a person i was working with as i was mentoring with them <sighs> and i thought you you are you everything is going on with you is you are in abusive relationship it's all in your head and it's not just this person it's the spirit that inhabited you from the trauma and and the alcohol and they and then they've got and their I would own. call it I would call it an implant more or a parasite because 
what was just to like differentiate because they it is can be very demonic and dark and and that's what i saw in my sister as a child i didn't have the context of all this i saw that there's a demon possessing her because of her trauma because she was adopted she was sexually abused i knew all that and i could see that she was just fractured her soul fractured and there was this thing that constantly went in to make her suicide. She was terribly suicidal. She was an addict her whole life. She still struggles with it and she can't control herself and she has no memory of it afterwards. She doesn't know what she does when she's under the possession and the smiling because your person behind you, she looks amazing. (laughs) Anyways, yes, yes, yes. Um, (laughs) And that's, and that's the thing is people are they don't want to lose their they be they become stockholm syndrome in their own head because the voices sound like their voice so they don't they're in an abusive relationship their own their whole life with a implant and it be, and then it, they're afraid of who they'll be without that implant spirit Satya, what what's going on over there? <laughs> I feel like I mean it's it's so wild. Bring, bring us home, Satya. Yeah. What's oh, your comments on this? Holy well, yeah, we gotta we gotta wrap this episode up, but this is like ooh. It's so big. It's I have so more to talk about too, but I know we're at time. I mean, there's more because a oh. lot has been shown, right? Yeah. Uh, but I want to hear it, Satya. You need. To I'm speak. just. I'm just letting this. I'm just really receiving this, and I'm. And I'm. Al- I almost feel like I'm receiving it and 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 sending it out to the the earth right now. It, it's it, it's a very strange feeling. So I'm just kind of like, whew, like trying to breathe through it and. Cause I, I, I know these things and I had looked up the alcohol demon thing and I, I, I it, it's cause you can feel it. It's, um, and I've seen it as well in other people and I'm just, whew, I'm really re- recycling and circulating this information right now uh, for uh, all of us, because it's, it's huge and it's, and even though we kind of know it, to be able to really, really be specific this way and, and to really put it out there, it's rare to hear this conversation, I feel like. I, you know, and so in the, just that, <laughs> I'm so happy, thank you, Valentine. I mean, we need to talk about this and in a real tangible way that, because it is real and I'm feeling very grounded in it as well but it's like whoo okay so more more we I want to hear more well (laughs) okay yeah yeah I feel that I I pray that this message kind of reaches the right ears at the right moment to to help the the healing of what's going on. And I I do want to say that what I've noticed in my tracking of this, you know, parasitic, demonic, alcohol, spirit, ghoul, soul eater, body snatcher thing is that um, it doesn't just, some of us, some people are born with it. It's genetically passed on as well. So you can be 
like a non-drinker and have it attached to you. Um, it, it can be dormant in your system and get activated through something else, or you can have another addiction or something else that it gets activated. So, but it does come generationally. And I've seen this with my sister who was adopted and two of my other friends who were adopted and both their families, like they had it as children, um, wow. which made them reach for the alcohol, like the original wound, but the, the, sometimes the parasite, the parasite and the attachment or the possession um, get passed generationally. So those of us who are waking up to, to be the healers to, to stop this spread, um, you know, it's like we, we have a declaration, like it stops with us. And when we start doing the clearing, we start, um, you know, making it possible for the generations before us and in front of us to also clear it. So it's big. And we're going to have to have you on again, <laughs> Valentine, yeah. like we, there's so much more, but we're at time. And I just thank you for being vulnerable and like honest yeah, with your process. Vulnerable. I feel like this is real. I feel very passionate about it actually, because I think it's also what, uh, doesn't allow people to do their healing because you can't it's like you're just scratching the surface yeah it's, that was, that, that, oh sorry go ahead yeah no no I'm I'm just excited because yeah it's this huge thing that is the the root it makes so much sense it rings true in my soul's knowing and and it's and and it is <laughs> I mean, how long has alcohol been around on our earth and, and how many people have had to die and families broken apart? And, and why is it legal? And yeah, and all of the violence that occurs. And, and then, you know, and, and so yeah. that this has not been talked about. I mean, I used to be an alcohol and drug counselor, right, you right. know, and, and this isn't discussed when you, you get your master's degree in alcohol and drug, this isn't discussed in rehabs, this isn't discussed, and so no wonder if they don't work. Because mm -hmm. it's multidimensional, we're dealing with the spirit realms. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about yeah, what's and really then it's going like, on, and then even people, if they've seen it. Yeah, and then people try to pretend, oh no, oh that sounds crazy, well that sounds crazy, you know, and it's like, Okay, but or what have do you, you been believe smoking? in God? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in uh you know then then why wouldn't you believe there are spirits that I mean do you believe you know when a when a propeller is going really fast, you can't see it. It's invisible to the naked eye, but it's there. Yeah, put your hand there. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you stick your <laughs> hand in there, you know. It, it's like, come on. You know, we have to, we have to try something else. We have to do something else. I mean, we're in a desperate state in our nation, in our, our nation is becoming, you know, a bunch of alcoholics. I mean, all of these scammers who call, do, there was, have you seen Trafficked? Um, I think, I can't remember if it's on Netflix or Hulu, or, but the, the, the scammers in these other countries, in these hovels, they say that they target Americans because Americans are always drunk. And, and they're right. I've never heard that. Yeah. Wow. That. Yeah. Well, where I live, um, it's a tourist destination and it basically promotes day drinking. And mm -hmm. it's pretty frequently that I see people drunk 
in the middle of the day, which I don't like seeing anyone drunk, but it's very disturbing. And whenever I see it, it's like, I see the entities hovering over the establishments that serve them. And then like breeding out through the people. It's, it's interesting. I feel, yeah, we have so much more to say on this topic. You guys stay <laughs> listening. We're going to keep going. Um, and see what more we can unearth here. But um, those of you listening that this has, you know, touched or stirred something in you, please respond, let us know, um, share with us. We'd love to get your comments and your feedback uh, and your experiences. So please let us know. And thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you. To learn more about our life enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.